When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Book Riot's annual challenge is back. Once again, Read Harder 2020 has 24 tasks designed to help you break out of your reading bubble and expand your worldview through books. With new genres, new authors, and new points of view, the challenge will hopefully help you discover amazing books you wouldn't have otherwise picked up. Read historical fiction that's not about World War II, a retelling of a classic or fairy tale, horror from indie presses, and more in this year's challenge. Go to bookriot.com slash readharder to get the full challenge task list and to check out the prizes for those who complete the challenge with a bonus prize this year. Once again, that's bookriot.com slash readharder. Hello, and welcome back to When in Romance. Oh my gosh, I almost forgot the name of this. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, when in Romance, where we're talking about romance novels, romance landia, the world, and good books. Um, I'm Jess. And I'm Trisha. And Jess, I feel like it's like a, officially our two-year anniversary, so after this, you might not be able to forget the name of the podcast anymore, but <laughs> today you're probably still okay. Oh, that's great. Thanks, Trisha. Mm-hmm. Today is Thursday, January 23rd, 2020. Ah. And <laughs> uh, we are recording episode 51. Am I right? Yes. Right. As always, you are correct. <laughs> Mostly because you write it down. Um, <laughs> hey, listen, being correct sometimes takes a little assistance. <laughs> this is true. This is always true. So we've Got some good things to talk about and some less good things to talk about, but, you know, got to follow up on some stuff. It's true. But otherwise, I'm excited for our conversation, Trisha. I am too. And we got a lot of really good, helpful listener feedback this time around. Some of it we'll get to later when we start talking about Get a Life, Chloe Brown by Talia Hibbert. It's book club book uh, time, everybody. Um, but we'll get to that <laughs> in a minute. Before we do, I wanted to thank everybody who um, contacted me and sent me notes um, or sent us notes uh, based on some, some of you maybe send them to everybody just because... You don't necessarily trust me to follow your advice, so you had Jess back you up, which I appreciate. Um, but huge thanks to everybody. My The general consensus about number of books to review and whether to review all the books or just the ones you like or whatever uh, seemed to be to review everything. Mm-hmm. Some people made some very interesting and kind of helpful distinctions or, or, you know, gave a little bit of feedback around maybe not necessarily trashing a book, which hopefully I wouldn't do unless it was very problematic in a variety of ways, but um, but did kind of say, you know, what is for one person is not for everyone. So it can be really helpful to find more information about a book. And, you know, it, like I said, a lot of folks did say um, that they don't necessarily write good reviews or long reviews, but they do write reviews for every book. Um, mm-hmm. And 
some folks did say that the ones that are toughest to write are the ones, you know, that they sort of kind of are meh about, you know, if you really hate a book or really love a book, it's a lot easier to review. Uh, and I have learned that, um, I do some movie reviews also, and I, I feel the same way. So I, we can't get into every single person's, um, feedback, but huge, huge thanks to those of you who helped me out. So I did. I had lost my password to my old Goodreads account, which is a sign of how good of a job I was doing at reviewing on Goodreads. So I decided to just scrap it and start over. Um, and so I have a brand new Goodreads account replacing my old, probably lost forever Goodreads account. Um, oh, my no. username is Trisha Haley Brown. I figured I would be consistent with Twitter and Instagram. Uh, so it's Trisha with an SH, Haley Brown, and the display name is just Trisha Brown. So by the time you're hearing this, I should have a few reviews up there. We'll see how it goes. Um, Jess, we got folks asking for your Goodreads identifying credentials as well. Oh, well, yeah. Um, anybody's welcome to follow me or friend me on Goodreads. Um, and since, you know, it was 2009 and I was very boring, I, my account is just just pride. So you should be able to find me that way. I love how you're like, I used my name because I'm boring. I'm like, I set mine up today and used my name. <laughs> and apparently I'm also boring, but I'm good with that. I'm uh, <laughs> oh, wait, can you is friending people? Is that a thing on Goodreads? You friend people? Mm hmm. It is. Oh, Everyone, a whole new world has opened up to me. I thought it was just, I, I don't know what I thought it was. I didn't realize that was a thing. And I'm not completely certain. There are a few things that you can get from just following people that um, I guess you can't do as much like comparing of books and that kind of thing um, as you do with friending them. But you can still see their updates and read their reviews and comment on them and that kind of thing. So. People choose what they want to do, and I am welcome to all. Um, I spend a lot of time on a regular basis just scrolling through all of my friends and people I follow to see what more books I need to add to my endless want-to-read list. You know what? This actually makes a lot more sense because I feel like a couple of people, including uh, Julia, who we've gone back and forth with before on Twitter, mentioned something about, are we friends on Goodreads? And I thought it was just... A figure of speech. <laughs> so, so I'm learning a lot in 2020. And Hooray. yeah, and that is something. Um, so again, huge thanks to everybody who sent us uh, notes and feedback about that. I did take it all to heart. And you all will get to if you want see the results of it over the course of the year. Exciting. Uh, just before we get back into some updates of other stuff that we did, you want to do uh, an ad spot? Yes. Why don't we thank Book Riot for sponsoring this podcast. Thanks, Book Riot. Thanks, Book Riot. Particularly Book Riot's newest litfic podcast, um, Novel Gazing. Novel Gazing. I just have to say I love the name of it. It's so great. <laughs> it's the second best title of a Book Riot podcast. Second best. I think so. So Novel Gazing is your destination for all things literary fiction, bringing you news from the world of fiction and recommendations for under-the-radar reads, works in translation, buzzy books, and more. Stay in the know, expand your TBR, and your view of literary fiction, and of course, have some laughs with hosts Mary Kay McBrayer and Louise Johnson. Novel Gazing is a bi-weekly show available wherever you get your podcasts. Go listen to episode one now. I am super excited about this. I actually haven't listened yet, but 
if I am not mistaken, um, for episode one, they talk about whether or not Harry Potter is literary fiction. So I'm here for it. I, I too am here for it. I also have not yet listened, but I can verify that that is the topic or one of the topics. Well, and I feel like that is a thing, you know, whether a genre book can be literary fiction is a thing that might appeal to the listeners of When in Romance. So Indeed. Okay, so we were talking about this a little bit before the show, Jess. I don't know, in regards to the great RWA whatever of all time, like, I don't even know what to call it anymore. (laughs) Um, I have to tell you, I before we came here, I had dinner with a couple of friends and um, I mentioned, I said, oh, you know, I have to go. I'm, you know, recording this podcast. And and they're relatively new friends, so they didn't know that I did it. And I was trying to explain what I do. And they were like, oh, I heard something about romance recently. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I read something. Did something happen with a big organization <laughs> about something? And I was like, oh, yes, it did. <laughs> and then I just referred them to our previous podcast because I we don't have time to go into all the details. But, I mean, there are mm-hmm. updates, but also kind of nothing people didn't expect, I guess. I don't know. How would you describe this? Mm -hmm. There's been a change in leadership, although the current board that was selected by former president Damon Swade is still there because they have to have some governing body. Um, But as as I mentioned, former president Damon Swade, he did finally get coerced into resigning. Like, I, I cannot confirm or deny that he was coerced into (laughs) into resigning i am not i was not there i do not have any actual confirmation that that's what happened but it took him long enough so something had to have happened um the executive director carol ritter also resigned her position but is still helping out in the office like helping out with transition they did name um, a new executive director for interim until they have elections and all of the current board seats, all the positions that are currently open are supposed to be filled with the next elections by whatever body of people are still members by the time elections go around. I know there are a lot of people who are holding on to their me- membership awaiting said election so that they can contribute somehow to RWA not just completely imploding, but I don't know what's going to happen with that. They announced that they're doing um, a, they've brought in a group to do an an audit of all of the events. And Courtney Milan, bless her heart, sent a letter to RWA offering to, like, release them of any potential liability if they would just be transparent about the whole process of the external audit and just figuring out everything that's happened in the past month. Because as of today, it has been a month. Not six, not five years. It has been a month since everything started. And that's the thing that boggles my mind. I, I'm i the one who put this um, Damon Swade resignation in the show notes and the thing with Carol Ritter. I'm looking at the date of it now, and I think it had happened when we recorded our last episode, and we might have even talked about it, but, like, time has mm-hmm. no meaning. It really doesn't. So I don't – it, like, has all just gotten very – I don't know. It's – to me, I feel a little – bad i i haven't been on twitter as much lately because i have had other life stuff going on but i also kind of feel like i'm both 
missing things and also not missing things because everyone seems to still be the same amount of hurt and discouraged as they were before, Mm -hmm. which is awful. But until like people start to get the apologies that they deserve or the recompense that they deserve, it sort of seems like this story is just sort of stuck in a cycle. I, I, I know that a lot of the folks who work in local chapters have been um, reporting the news that has been relevant to those. And, and that is a thing I don't think we talked a ton about last time. But, it, you know, it does matter that there are a lot of really strong local chapters of RWA that mm-hmm. are very deeply impacted by this and some likely are will not survive it. Yeah, um, actually, the Las Vegas chapter elected to disband. Like, they they decided they didn't want to be part of RWA anymore, but the um, the rules of RWA for chapters is that they cannot separate from RWA without completely removing themselves as an organization in their space. So... They'll they'll probably form something new in the coming months, but they had to completely erase themselves as a chapter, basically. And I there are probably other examples that I have not come across yet, but it's just it's it's not looking good. No. I will say this. One of the things that I had meant to do in our last episode that I didn't do, um, and I think you will be on board with this as well. There are a couple of organizations that have done some really, really good work that we have been supportive of and excited about in the past. But um, just just a quick shout out to um, Romance Sparks Joy, which is um, the group mm-hmm. that I think you mentioned last episode uh, organized the group letters from authors and judges and other folks who were withdrawing from the readers and, and readers as well. And letting everybody kind of sign on as a large group effort so that they are wonderful. Mm-hmm. The reader chat um, folks who are at read our chat letter R R E A D R C H A T. Um, they are wonderful. They had put out awards as well in the week before it was the reader chat folks who put out their awards the week before all of this happened that unfortunately those amazing, very inclusive, wonderful awards got, um, overshadowed by all of this mess yeah so i'll 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 find a link to the thread that had all of those um awards because we didn't record that week so we weren't able to kind of signal boost them but shout out to those folks as well um i feel like i'm missing somebody and if i i apologize if i think of who it was i will stick them in the show notes but um there are a lot of people who are really invested in doing right by the romance authors and readers who are uh being impacted and so thanks to them there yeah there's a lot of individual people who are you know like making sure that their voices are heard and that certain people's voices are heard and uh, claire ryan is probably still updating things as they happen on on her like ongoing timeline um <laughs> yeah and i think we did get that one in the show notes last week i i felt bad about some of the others that we forgot so so yeah, if anybody, if we, if there are folks that we are forgetting that um, you appreciate the work that they have been doing and the kind of just, you know, journalism, honestly, ha- there's been a lot of people doing that work and, you know, continuing to report these stories and um, making sure that they don't get lost in larger conversations. So mm-hmm. shout out to them. They give me hope for the larger romance world over the course of the coming days and weeks and years and et cetera. Absolutely. 
And speaking of things that um, kind of get lost in the conversation, the Dream Spinner update is that there isn't really a Dream Spinner update. Um, for those of you following along at home, uh, Dream Spinner Press, which is a um, publisher that publishes mostly gay romance, but also um, other pairings and other things, stopped paying a lot of their authors suddenly several months ago. And they really didn't have a good explanation for it. And initially they said they had changed payroll software and people would get their money soon. And then they kept saying people would get their money soon and people would get their money soon. And now, several months later, they are restructuring and attempting to pay people what they can. Um, and... That's still not good enough, but at least we have some word from them because there was a time where authors just weren't hearing anything from them. They were getting sort of updates of, here's an update, talk to you next month. I We talked about this a little bit in our episode 42, Late But Happy to Be Invited, that came out in September. So if you're looking for the background on it, that might be helpful. And if you're looking for the continued story of, like, as just said, there is no continued story. Uh, then we will <laughs> link to a, a long piece that was done in Publishers Weekly about the whole thing. Um, the author of that piece, Rachel Kramer uh, Bustle, I'm hoping I'm getting her name right, um, talked to a bunch of authors, which is a, a thing that hadn't really been done that I think you or I had seen, right, Jess? And so um, we, you know, we'll link to that and for the, again, the update, that's not much of an update, but if you are, if you've been following along and are trying to decide how to manage your relationship with that particular publishing house, then hopefully that'll help. So yeah, so a lot of non-updates in the updates section this time. We will have to, I don't know, move on, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll tell, tell people stuff and update you as, as we hear it, but who knows what's going to happen now? And with RWA just sort of falling into the fire pit, RWA is an organization whose purpose is to advocate for people like the authors of Dream Spinner who have not been getting their money, and yet they hadn't, which was just another thing that pulled them further down as they as more and more things kept happening last month. So... So I feel like we've plateaued in a situation of bad and non-news. And as we said last time, it has to be good news from here on out. We have earned it from 2020. We have earned it. 2020 has art, like, somebody was like, I I would like to leave 2020 now, or I would like to return 2020 now. Can we have, can we have a new year? I mean, we can't have a new year, but we can have a new conversation. Let's have a new conversation. I think we're ready for it. Uh, so as you all know, our, um, current and new, I don't know, our today, um, when in romance book club book is get a life Chloe Brown by Talia Hibbert. We've been talking about this one a little bit on a low key level for, um, a few months because it came out in the fall and we knew we wanted to talk about it, but we wanted to give all of you a chance to share your thoughts and, um, have a chance, honestly, to get your hands on a copy because, Mm-hmm. You know, that's not always super easy. So um, I don't know, Jess, you want to start with a little bit of input or you want to start with um, a summary? 
You want to give us a, some some thoughts or, or or some some background on the plot of Get a Life, Chloe Brown? Well, let's let's do a summary because I know sometimes I'm just like, let's go past everything that's happening and talk about feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am trying my best not to do that as much. Good job, growth in 2020. Growth in 2020 for the romance industry and for us. <laughs> <laughs> It's the little things. So, Get a Life, Chloe Brown by Tali Hibbert, the first book in uh, a new series published by Tali Hibbert, her first traditional publishing contract, I think. Um, this book is about Chloe Brown. Huh, who, who'd have thunk? Who would have guessed? And uh, Chloe is um, comes from a, a pretty well-off family, and uh, she is feeling a little smothered by her family. She has uh, fibromyalgia, which means she has a lot of chronic pain and some issues with balance on occasion and that kind of thing. And her family is very loving and attentive. Let's call it attentive. That's a good word for it. And uh, when she's on a walk, she almost gets hit by a car. That has uh, jumped off the road and run into something just a few feet away from her. And she sort of has this realization that she needs to get a life, um, do something with her life more like it. And she makes a list. And the first thing on the list is to move out. Um, As we move forward in the plot, she has moved out. And the superintendent of her apartment complex... Um, it's got a different name that I can't remember what the British word for it is, but, <laughs> There's flats? Is it a flat? I don't know. Yeah. 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 British version of apartment. <laughs> <laughs> um, is, uh, Red, who also has red hair. So there's all of that going on. But, um, something happened when they first met, which means that they didn't make the best impression on each other and don't really get along. But they both have their own personal feelings about the other in the other parts of their feelings. That did not make any sense. I'm so sorry. They don't get along with each other, but they find each other very attractive. How about that? I think that's the more straightforward (laughs) way of saying it. I appreciate that uh, you're trying not to ruin anything for folks, but yeah, I think think that's, that's the way to go. So there's that. And then there's Chloe and her list. And there's Red potentially help, helping Chloe out with her list and all of that. So that's kind of the book talk version. Um, I'm a librarian. We do book talks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's it's it's like a blurb with a little more detail, with a little bring in, um, less of a summary. So I don't think I need to summarize the whole thing, but that that's where we are. <laughs> yeah, I think you know, just as a disclaimer for folks, I think we can talk about this book without really spoiling anything big. But if you're very, very spoiler averse, uh, maybe skip ahead and go to the next segment. Um, But I do think that if you haven't read this yet, we won't give anything away too, too much. So Mm -hmm. we'll see. Um, We did get some input from all of you or many of you, I should say. Uh, So thank you for that. Um, One of the things that came through a lot in that feedback, I know we heard from Paige and Casey who said that they really, really liked the audiobook. I feel like we may have heard that elsewhere as well. 
Um, we heard from a few folks who uh, said that either this was their first Talia Hibbert book and they were afraid that we had built her up too much. Katie said, mm-hmm. uh, and this is a quote, uh, I, all caps, period, was, all caps, period, not, all caps, period, disappointed. So I think Katie was not disappointed, which is great. <laughs> um, and Mixed Girl Reading replied to Jess on Instagram and mentioned that it was her first romance novel and that she loved the snarky, lovable dialogue. Um, I thought I, I understood where uh, another Katie was coming from when uh, Katie mentioned that it was about as steamy as she can go. She loved it, was super excited about the book, but it was kind of her max level of sexy times happening what was going on there she uh mentioned that she was trying to explain to her husband what was happening on the street uh which you'll know better what that was you can imagine what that was even if you haven't read the book (laughs) and rhiannon um mentioned in particular just kind of the way that the characters interacted with each other in private versus the way that they interacted kind of on their own earlier and kind of later in the book, which I do want to come back to that because I had some thoughts about that as well. Um, and one of my favorite quotes uh, also came from Casey, um, who mentioned that Hibbert just balanced the humor, sexiness, and serious stuff so well. And I got to tell you, just I think that is like the Talia Hibbert trademark. Absolutely. She can flip from one to the other, not just in the same page, but in the same sentence. And I think it makes just so much difference. I love the way that she handles her characters and just sort of treats them with an extraordinary amount of empathy and understands what it is like to write someone who is very real and multidimensional, which it, we'll, we'll come back to this because I, I want to let you talk a little bit about the s'mores. Yeah, um, I, I got a direct message on Instagram. Um, I wasn't sure if the person wanted me to use their names and I forgot to ask. So if you do, I will shout you out in the next episode. Just let me know. Um, and she first wanted to make sure that we knew that she probably wouldn't have picked up any Talia Hibbert books without our repeated recommendations, but she loved this one and the others that she's read. So go us. High five. Um, And also she thought that the fact that Talia had never had a s'more and didn't know what it was Mm -hmm. influenced the book. Like the, their whole s'mores conversation in the book was from personal experience, mm-hmm. um, which she heard in an interview that I have not heard, but I look forward to checking out that podcast. Yeah, I saw that somewhere too. And for, I guess, if, if any of you are listening, we, we recently found out that many of you in Iceland are listening, which is great. Uh, if you don't <laughs> know what a s'more is, it's a marshmallow, which hopefully you know what that is. I don't know. Usually toasted over a fire. And then there's a Hershey bar, which in other countries, they probably make it with not Hershey, other chocolate. Mm -hmm. So you've got a s'more that's hot and all gooey, and then a chocolate bar. And then you put those two things together between two squares. I don't know. I guess they're like two inches by two inches. I don't know what the metric conversion is, and I apologize. (laughs) (laughs) Because if you are not in the U.S., you're probably not using inches you can just google that that'll be fine <laughs> google that and yeah. it's graham cracker which is like a brown cookie i don't know how <laughs> gosh it's such an american thing huh? i know i should <laughs> it's amazing that no one has approached me about writing the wikipedia entry for s'mores because i'm very clearly <laughs> very good at this at any rate but like if you if you're not from the u.s like all three of these things are very american like i've seen marshmallows in other countries and they are not the like 
very soft, squishy, meltable things that we have. And then Hershey bars are like the lowest tier of milk chocolate that you can get. To be honest, they kind of are here too. That's fair. They're just cheap and easy. (laughs) And they break into those squares that I was telling you about. Yeah, well, and graham crackers, like maybe those are universal. I don't know. I've never had to think about it. Me either. The only way that we can make this like more American or more US and less relatable to other countries is to throw in peanut butter. (laughs) And I have actually had something called extreme s'mores, wherein you use a Reese's peanut butter cup instead of a chocolate bar. Ah, yeah, it's it gets very intense. There's a lot going on there. But but we'll set that aside because we don't want everyone to just give up on us for not being able to translate delicious camping baked cook. I don't know. I guess they're not (laughs) baked if they're made on a fire. Anyway, you do them by a fire because you roast the marshmallow and everything is melty and delicious and it's the best. Mm -hmm. So you're welcome for teaching you about s'mores, everyone. (laughs) I feel like I probably taught some U.S. listeners some things about s'mores that maybe... They have to unlearn now. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, man. Uh, this was a great conversation. Yeah. <laughs> One in romance. That's it. Come for the romance. Stay for the lessons in s'mores. Um, okay. So, yeah. But there were there were definitely – and um, the reader that you mentioned is not the only one who mentioned that there are some very sort of specific British things about this book, right? Like, you don't mm-hmm. think about it being British until you see them, you know, mention a motorbike. Or I think that was Paige mentioned that, a particular reference. Or, you know, there are certainly some things. So it does have some elements of very British things. But, you know, one of the things that you and I talked about, Jess, or that I told you that I thought was really interesting and kind of unique about the book is the way that in the beginning, Chloe comes off as sort of unlikable. And Red comes off as sort of the, like, delightful, cinnamon rolly kind of hero who's nice to everyone except Chloe. Mm-hmm. And throughout the kind of evolution of the book, you understand that neither of those first, you know, impression ways of being are actually correct for either of them. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, again, that's a thing that I think Talia Hibbert does really well is develop her characters just in a way that is authentic and almost kind of plays with this is what you think and this is the stereotype, but here's what actually the reality is over the course of 350 pages. Yeah, it's like it, as as you get further into the story, you get further into the character. Like it's a real like unlayering of is that a word? I don't care. It is now. It is now. <laughs> it's a like you're peeling back layers of both characters as you see how they how they are alone to themselves how they are with their immediate family, how they are with people they don't like, how they are with people they'd like to get to know, how they have their own stereotypes about certain people or kinds of people and then allow themselves to be corrected about those stereotypes and you just keep building and building or peeling and peeling whichever way you want to go. Like, only Trisha can see I'm like, making my hands into a bigger ball as as I talk about each one. <laughs> she is. They're expanding. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. I can verify. <laughs> but. And I, yeah, I think that's the thing. I think it just sort of says something about the nuance with which Talia Hibbert is is writing. Yeah. She, she really knows how to 
how to not drop a character on you at once, because that's not how we get to know anybody, right? So she's writing like you're walking into Chloe's life and Red's life and sort of watching them and making your own discoveries about each character and how they relate to each other. And you talked a little bit about, and this came through in a, in some of our um, feedback as well, kind of the family relationships and secondary relationships. And a lot of folks are already excited about, you know, where the book is going or where the series is going next and, and who is mm-hmm. going to do what there. But I thought, I thought that was a really interesting point too, that the nuance of the family relationships also feels very authentic and genuine. Yeah. Like, you know, we first see the sisters all together and they're kind of, since I think we see them from Red's point of view, they're kind of just like this happy trio of, of women who all have their own personalities, but are sort of like one unit. And then as we see them from Chloe's point of view and which what each sister is like and and all of that and then we expand and get to know like their grandmother who is like my hero I want I want to know her and have her adopt me (laughs) but also then be afraid that like once you're part of her family then she can use her own like machinations to do to get you to do what she wants right because she's kind of she's very loving but also very like direct and abrupt and i love it (laughs) yeah i think yeah all of that is really just fantastic i i wonder too if the fact that the book is so character focused is part of the reason that one of the things that i know i felt and i heard from other people a lot too is that the pace, and this is not a criticism, it's an observation, but the pace in this book is almost a little slower than often mm-hmm. I feel like I see in romance. Um, I had actually picked this book up, stopped about 20% of the way through, not for any reason. I just put it down and it didn't pick it back up again. And then I was talking to a bookshop owner who mentioned who I was buying the hard copy or the hard copy rather of it because I wanted to own a copy. I knew I was going to get back to it. And this person said, oh, my gosh, I love that book. It started out so slowly. But then once I was in, I was in. And that was a good (laughs) kind of reminder for me to get back to it and kind of stick with it. And I, a few people mentioned the same thing that, again, not as a criticism, but just as a, I think sometimes there's a pressure on an author to pull people in immediately to a book. And I kind of appreciate that some people probably were drawn in immediately. For me, it did take a little bit longer. And I think that was true for some others as well. And I kind of appreciate that if Talia Hibbert knew, she didn't care, you know, like she just kind of was going to write the book that she wanted to write at the pace she wanted to write it. And it ends up being a really, I thought, well-balanced book, probably for that reason. There's not kind of like a strange, you know, eccentric energy, or there's not a bunch of weird plot twists that you think to yourself, like, why? Why? are we doing this? So although it did take me a little bit longer to get into, I don't think of it as criticism. I think of it as a just a style of the way that she was writing. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I actually started out uh, listening to the audiobook. Thank you, Libro FM for providing me an advanced listener copy. Um, <laughs> and I moved to paper not because I wasn't enjoying the audiobook, but I couldn't wait. Like, I was listening to it in the car, and then it was Saturday, and I was like, well, I guess I will just pick this up and read the rest. Um, Mm -hmm. 
So I sort of found a spot where I knew that I had, that was like close to where I had stopped listening. And I was actually kind of afraid about a hundred pages in that I would, I would not be able to get through it because it was kind of one of those where I would read 10, 15 pages, put it down, pick it up, 10, 15 pages, put it down, pick it up because of the pacing. Um, and you know, I was enjoying all of all of the reading that I was doing, but it was just moving really slowly. And I, I wasn't sure if I just wasn't in the right mood for the story, or if there was really something off about the writing. And it was like, there can't be something off about the writing. This is Talia Hibbert we're talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, funny story about that. Actually, I realized that I could only read this book in hard copy or at the gym, because if I just sat and read it, like, on my couch or on the metro, I was highlighting so much of like what I loved about the dialogue that I had mm-hmm. half of a chapter highlighted. I was like, well, that's just not helpful. But if it's a hard copy, I'm not, I usually don't highlight in my books. And if I'm at the gym, I'm moving to like, it's really hard to highlight a book at the gym. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. well, now I know this is how I have to read this book because I love this writing. So, so she has some of the best metaphors. I mean, they're just brilliant and lovely and sometimes just hilarious and wonderful. So yeah, I yeah, I was very on board with this book. Um, although I will say reading it at the gym, I totally felt what Katie was saying about it being a little <laughs> bit steamy. Because when you're on an elliptical machine, and you know that the person next to you can read over your shoulder, and <laughs> there's some shenanigans going on, you start I mean, I don't really care what other people think of me, but I don't want to be responsible for someone falling off of their cardio machine. I would feel terrible. <laughs> Uh, and also a little bit like, well, that's your fault for reading over my shoulder, but let me know if you want to know what this book is. I will tell you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I did not read it anywhere except my couch because, uh, that was the best place to do it. I think, yeah, I think appropriate. Yeah. Any other thoughts on this one? I think you and I were both very much on board. Yes, we were. I, yeah. I think yeah. So. <laughs> In a shocking turn of events. Talia Hibbert book, two thumbs up from Jess and yeah. <laughs> Oh, one more thing. Yeah. Beyond the two thumbs up, I don't know what what sparked it, but I wanted to say something about not just I I love sort of all of the supplemental stuff that's happening in in any book and especially in romance novels because, you know, there's more happening in people's lives and just them falling in love. And, you know, the family relationships, I, I am a sucker for a good, like family or found family or friend relationship, um, in a romance, but I also love competency porn. (laughs) Yeah. And just like all of the little tidbits about both of their work were just like so fun to read and so great to follow both of them on their journeys. Like with Chloe doing, her um her web stuff like she runs her own business and is good at it mm-hmm. and gets things done and uh, then read with his art and figuring out like what it has to do with his soul and all of this other wild and crazy stuff and and it was just like all of that built into everything else happening was just so well done and heartfelt and I I just had to make sure that I mentioned that because it's just it's something that if you look for a story that is more than the two people 
and their lines growing closer together until they become one more line at the end, um, then this is really good for that. Yeah, and I will also mention, I, I think you maybe mentioned it briefly in your book notes. Is that what you call it? There's not mm-hmm. summary when, when you were describing the book. B- book talk. Book talk. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I think you might have mentioned this too, but Chloe is a disabled woman and that is not the center of her story, nor is it, you know, by any means the most important thing about her. But it is a very, I thought this was a great representation. And I say that as someone who is not disabled. So I take that certainly with a grain of salt. But I thought it was good representation in that you get a good sense again, I think my in my opinion, for how that impacts her life on a daily basis and how she expects it to impact her relationship. And then Mm -hmm. how it actually does or doesn't impact her relationship. And, you know, there's no miracle cure. There's no magic, anything that just makes her feel better just because she's falling in love. It Mm -hmm. still is a very real situation that she's dealing with. But I also never felt like it was the most interesting or important thing about her. It is important Mm -hmm. and it is interesting, but it was never the only thing that defined her as a character. Yeah, that wasn't her primary character trait. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that's, you know... Any good representation is is very cognizant of those kinds of things. So so on board. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Eight thumbs up. Eight th- All the know. thumbs. However many thumbs you have in this January of 2020. And you're allowed to have <laughs> as many as you need, frankly. <laughs> yes. All right. Speaking of January 2020, it is a new year. <laughs> Thanks to Book Riot Insiders for sponsoring the show. A new year means new perks. We've sweetened the current short story and novel levels of Book Riot Insiders, and we have introduced a brand new epic level. And you can try out any level for free for two weeks. The highlight is our new group read available to all Epic members, and there's no cap on Epic this time around, so the more the merrier. Each quarter will read a book voted on by Epic subscribers, and it will fulfill at least one task of the 2020 Read Harder Challenge and cap off our read-along with a live chat. But wait, there's more! And to find out what it is, you can get the full details and other perks and sign up at insiders.bookriot.com. So once again, for a brand new kind of reading experience, go to insiders.bookriot.com. All right. We uh, talked for a while about Chloe Brown, so we're a little short on time, but I feel like we probably have time to at least give folks a couple of ideas maybe for some books that uh, can help them achieve their New Year's resolution test. We're like, by the time this is coming out, we're going to be almost four weeks into the new year. And that's when the New Year's resolutions start to drop off. But we are here for you. We are. We don't. We want you to be able to stick with whatever is making you happy or honestly drop it if you don't want to. These are just great books. But <laughs> you didn't see me like put my hand like over my mouth to the side, like as, as if we were having a side conversation. I don't know why I thought this was a video podcast briefly. I don't know <laughs> who we are. Oh, man. But Jess, I don't know if you made a lot of personal resolutions in 2020, but I have a feeling you can help us with one or two that will help those folks out there who are just really trying to stick with it. I think I can. Um, so one, one, one romance that can maybe re- reignite that spark that you might have had towards the end of the year about maybe starting a new project or really, really working on like your craft or something that you, you are really good at. Um, but you weren't really feeling it anymore. It's Love Lettering by Kate Claiborne. 
just because there is so much love of the art that the main character does in this book that you will put it down and just want to go color. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't actually like coloring. It stresses me out. But if you like coloring, it will be the thing that it just inspires. Or maybe you'll learn calligraphy after reading it. I don't know. You could become the next um, planner of New York. Maybe you'll learn how to put secret codes in people's wedding invitations. But don't like if you do it. Don't do don't do that. <laughs> Maybe you'll learn how, but Jess would encourage you not to. <laughs> yes. To be fair, I'm like one chapter into love lettering, so that's basically all I know about the book so far. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's good. That's all you need to know. All right, uh, I like that. All right, so that is love love lettering by Kate Claiborne. Link in the show notes. I will also boy I. I'm kind of a failure because I was, I'm just about to recommend a book that I'm also only about 25% of the way through. But, but <laughs> if you are trying to clean out your closets or just generally clean or just generally trying to do one of those tasks that you have to do, but don't want to, but it's mindless and you just have to like focus on it for four or five hours on a weekend. You should be listening to The AI Who Loved Me by Alyssa Cole. And I say listening to because as of now, it is an audiobook. And unfortunately, it is an Audible exclusive. So as of now, that is the only outlet on which you can get it. But I don't know, get yourself one of those free memberships, you know, download it or, you know, pay for it. Alyssa Cole is great. We don't know. I'm just saying there are some options. The AI Who Loved Me is, again, I'm only about 25% of the way through. And I will tell you, I am generally not a fiction audiobook person because I just sort of, after about 45 minutes, like stop paying as much attention and like stuff gets lost on me. This one is holding my attention in a way that others don't because it is very clearly meant to be, at least in this iteration, a, a hard copy is supposed to be coming out or a, I'm like pretending I have paper in my hands, you know, like hard copy, e-reader, like a print copy is supposed to be coming out, I believe, um, later on, I think this year. But the audio is really wonderful, has some super talented um, uh, narrators, and it's it's very intentionally made as an audio. There's a chapter that I finished a day or two ago that is all audio things, like there's no description. There's a woman <laughs> talking, and then there are and there's an AI talking to another AI, but there's no description of like, this person said such and such, and then open the door. It's literally just dialogue. Um, since I'm doing maybe not the best job you've ever heard of explaining that, just download <laughs> it. You'll get a sense. But the um, the larger story evolves around or revolves around a, it's a, I would say like near future setting where there is significantly more dependency on um artificial intelligence and there's a woman who is um trying to trinity is her name she's trying to recover from uh some recent trauma and happens to sort of encounter uh this very handsome gentleman that she is super excited about she does not know at the point that i am at in the book that he is not a human person he is an artificial <laughs> intelligence person. And so um, I can't tell you a lot more about it than that because I don't know yet. But I will tell you, if you are not usually a fiction audiobook listener, you still might want to give this one a try because 
it has been holding my attention. And trust me when I tell you, having just moved, I've been unpacking and repacking a lot of closets and boxes, <sighs> putting things in goodwill. It's 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 been a lot, and I'm very grateful so far to the AI who loved me by Alyssa Cole for for keeping me company. Awesome, awesome. Do you want to do one more? Yeah, let's do one more. Okay, I I am not very good at making small resolutions. I am kind of a go big or go home kind of person. So if you are too. Yeah. Dream big. Dream big. Let A Delicate Deception by Cat Sebastian talk you into moving to a remote country lodge where you can go on walks every day with a silly dog. You know you've always wanted to, so just read it and be like, I need to do that. And maybe you will encounter someone else who really needs to not live in the city anymore. And you can walk with a big silly dog together for the rest of your life. The end. That was very short and sweet. I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm here for it. I don't even know how to reply to that other than just put it on your TBR, everybody. That sounds great. Um, I will do one more as well. I'm torn between my two. I will do one that I just recently read for the first time. Um, and that is... A book that I thought was out, but didn't realize. I'm looking now, I'm realizing that I, it's actually not out yet. But I, I'm still going to talk about it. I'm excited about it. Yes. Um, it's called One Last Chance. It's by Therese Bahari, um, who is a South African author who just I. This is I will tell you. This is the first book that I had read by her. I've had her stuff on my um, TBR for a while, and I will also tell you this is the third book in a series. But I read it and had no problem catching up with what was going on. I, I'm sure like any other book, there are, is payoff um, for you if you have not, you know, um, read the other books. In the, or if you have read the other books in the series, you'll you'll get certain things that I didn't. But I still found this book incredibly rewarding. It's a very, it's another very character heavy book. But it does a thing that I love, which is flashes back and forth in time. So you get mm -hmm. the origins of this relationship. And then you also start to see how it fell apart. Meanwhile, you're flashing forward into the future, which all of the future part takes the place over the course of one day. So mm -hmm. there are childhood sweethearts and they fell in love and they were maybe moved a little bit too quickly for reasons related to what was going on in their lives. Um, and a lot of this book is just them kind of processing what went wrong and how they feel about it and kind of how to come back around two together and it's hmm. i i think in the author's note she talks about how she wanted to do like a fun happy second chance romance about you know people who had been married and never got divorced and then she realized that's actually really difficult to do because in order for those things to have happened there had to have been some really difficult stuff going on and that's the case in this book and it is really rewarding to read about i will go back and read the other books in the series because i am invested now in um the folks who uh, are in those other books, but it's just a really lovely, again, character heavy, kind of emotionally intense, um, but <laughs> all the payoff is great. So I would certainly recommend if you are trying to figure out 
how to, I, I forgot to tell people why I was recommending this. It will make <laughs> you think about, it, it did this for me, like all of the relationships in my life, because both characters are also dealing with family relationships also, and trying to be more mature and, and grow in how they handle those relationships. So if you're trying to figure out how to manage the relationships in your life better, and so many of us are, whether we're willing to admit it or not, um, mm-hmm. One Last Chance by Trez Bahari will um, help you, I think, do that. It'll give you the inspiration you've been looking for. Beautiful. Yeah. Her books are like, this is a fun concept. Let's drop feelings on you. Oh, so many <laughs> feelings, Jess. It was a lot. I was like, I got to the like intense dark moment, like while I was on a plane, the oh, no. stewardess came by. She's like, would you like a glass of wine? I was like, I do need a glass of wine. And I will also take all of the cheese that you have. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> and then she looked at me like I maybe should not have been allowed on that plane, but yeah. I was too late then. It was too late. So anyway, so yeah. And you know, we we had a couple of others. We're we're short on time, so we probably can't do them today, but we may have to come back to this topic because we like to support people in living their best lives. Yes. Absolutely. Um but yeah, I think that might be it for us for today. I yeah, I think I think that was a good a good ending to today's conversation. <laughs> All of the feelings and why Trisha shouldn't be allowed on airplanes. <laughs> Take home messages for episode 51. Absolutely. Starting the second half of 100 right. Exactly. <laughs> um we are excited to talk with all of you again. Um we we want to hear from you more. Let us know what books you read for your New Year's resolutions, you know, to help accomplish them. Uh and also if you didn't get a chance to send us your feelings on Chloe Brown, um Get a Life Chloe Brown being the full title, please do feel free. And if our sort of unimpressed view of recent romance news is not, you know, <laughs> matching up with yours, let us know that too. You can always email us at oneinromance at bookriot.com. I am at Trisha Haley Brown on Twitter, Instagram, and now Goodreads. Oh, right. I know. And I am just uh, at just is reading all one word on Twitter. Just underscore is underscore reading on Instagram and just pride on Goodreads. Because 2009 you was boring and 2019 me is boring. So <laughs> that's where we are. 2019 you is consistent. Oh, no, we're not even in 2020. We're, not, we're in 2020 now. 2020 you is consistent. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. 2020 me doesn't know what date it is, but is consistent. There we go. Please do feel free to always rate and review the podcast. It helps other folks find it. And yeah, we're looking forward to talking to you in February, but do protect yourself from bad romance February think pieces. Yes, do. Whatever you have to do. Stick to the romances themselves. Or stick to the Kissing Books newsletter. Jess will yeah. will, will never lead you astray. I'll do my best. And in the meantime, happy reading, everybody. Happy reading, everybody. Happy reading, everybody.